Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to hour number two, today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you. And if you're listening on the AM side at 1490 or on the FM side at 104.9, or if you've chosen to listen to us via the live stream, which can be found on ESPNTucson.com, regardless, I appreciate you tuning in here to the Jeff Dean Show. I know that you have a choice of where to get your sports news, information, and entertainment, and opinions, and I appreciate you choosing our show here as Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Let's see if y'all were paying attention, if y'all decided to stick through the little quick little two-minute break that we take between the 7 and the 8 o'clock hour. I'm going to give away a pair of tickets right now, and I mean right now, to caller number three at 520-719-1490. The phone number is 719-1490. Caller number three going to win themselves a pair of tickets to go watch Adia Barnes and the women's basketball team take on Arizona State this Sunday at the McHale Center. That game is at noon, so... Uh, don't you know? Don't uh, stay out partying too early because you got to be able to fit in the basketball game and then get home in time for the Super Bowl party at four thirty, which you'll have plenty of time for. That game will be over at two o'clock. You'll have plenty of time to get home and watch the Super Bowl. So caller number three right now seven one nine fourteen ninety going to win themselves a pair of tickets to go see women's basketball take on the rival, the uh, Sun Devils on Sunday at noon. Good luck and enjoy the game. Let's talk some NFL because. It's my promise to you that we talk NFL every single day here on the Jeff Dean Show. It's important to me. It's important to you. It's important to everybody. The NFL is king. And we have been talking. We talked a little bit about Tom Brady. I talked about his legacy. You know, I talked about he doesn't have to be labeled the greatest football player of all time, that being the greatest quarterback of all time should be enough to satisfy most of the arguments out there because it's just it's the game is too diverse from position to position to label somebody the greatest player of all time. And I talked about that last week when we discussed Tom Brady's legacy and once he retired. However, asked by Jim Gray, of course, longtime reporter, multiple Emmy winner, Jim Gray on the Sirius XM podcast that they host together. Um, the, Jim Gray asked him about the possibility of coming out of retirement. Brady said he doesn't anticipate it happening. However, he can't guarantee that he won't change his mind. Brady said, quote, you know, I'm just going to take things as they come. I think that's the best way to put it, and I don't think anything, you know, you, you never say never. At the same time, I know that I'm very, I feel good, very good about my decision. I don't know how I'll feel six months from now, whether it's change, it's most likely, it most likely won't but I try to make the best possible decision I can in the moment, which I did last week. And again, I think it's not looking to reverse course. I'm definitely not looking to do that. But in the same time, I think you have to be realistic that you never know what challenges there are going to be in life. Again, I loved playing, and I'm looking forward to doing things other than playing. So the never-say-never quote comes out. When Tom Brady was asked about his retirement and the possibility of coming out of retirement, look, he ain't coming back. This is, this is. I know that the the fire to compete is still burning inside. Once he gets to spend three, four months not really working, you know, and and not, and I shouldn't say working. He's got multiple businesses that he has to nurture. Um, 
and also being a father and a husband, sure, plenty of work. We all know that. But not worrying about getting in shape, staying in shape for football the upcoming season, rehabbing the knee or the shoulder or whatever have you, um, is, is going to really, really feel good for Tom Brady, who's been doing it for a long, long time, as we very well know. Um, I don't know if there's an offer that would come out that would allow him to unretire or back out on his retirement plans. Um, you know, obviously, if he files the retirement papers, he's free and clear from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, I don't know if he's <laughs> keeping the door open for a uh, a dream of playing for the San Francisco 49ers, the team that he grew up idolizing and watching, and Joe Montana and Steve Young and all that stuff. Like, I don't know if if that's the one thing that brings him out of retirement to go put on a 49ers jersey and potentially lead them into the playoffs. I I, I don't know, but I, I can't imagine that there's any type of uh, real, real burning desire to do that for Tom Brady. He's done it all. Like, he's, you know, he's, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. There's not a reason for him to come back. He's proved everything that he's need, needed to prove. He did that last season when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl, and he was MVP, and he was the reason behind it all. And he finally got Bruce Arians, a Super Bowl ring, and, you know, Bruce deserves it. He's been a hell of a coach in this league for a long, long time. And, you know, all, the, all these things that go along with it. So um, uh, I, I don't, I don't want to read too much into it because I don't honestly think that it's, that it's all that big of a, of a, of a you know, a, a moment, I guess, in the world of football. But it needs, to be, it needs to be talked about because simply Tom Brady saying anything at this point in time about his retirement and maybe or maybe not, uh, you know, staying retired would certainly be somewhat newsworthy and something worthy of discussion. Um, something that's also worthy of discussion, it made a lot of waves yesterday on the social medias because of a social media account um, from Kyler Murray. Now, Kyler Murray, of course, the quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals. The and, and I'm going to preface this by saying that I am not the most social media savvy person in the world. It's just, you know, I, I guess my time, my age, whatever have you, it's not something that I grew up on, obviously, so I, I don't feel like social media is is the most important thing in the world. But for people of Kyler Murray's age, 25 and under, they kind of treat it like you know that's their legacy. That's everything that they everything that they have is out there on social media. Their social media means everything to it. And yesterday, Kyler Murray scrubbed everything regarding the Arizona Cardinals from his Instagram account, an Instagram account which had been very active by Kyler Murray. It was full of, of pictures. I, I had seen his Instagram account before, uh, you know, obviously being here in Phoenix and covering the Cardinals and still in the world of sports, you see all the things that come out from the social medias of the biggest players, and certainly Kyler Murray, one of the, you know, one of the, the biggest stars in the in the world of sports here in the state of Arizona. So you get to see all this stuff. The scrubbing of his Instagram account. I had to ask some people. I had to ask some younger people. I, this is one of those moments where I wish I had like Justin Spears like sitting next to me here so that I could we could go back and forth and talk about this because Justin is certainly a lot more understanding of the importance of social media in the younger generation than than I am of the importance of social media based on my experiences. But I will tell you this. It takes a lot of effort and time and a, a 
a very uh, deliberate decision to take down every single photograph regarding your career, your football team, your legacy on Instagram and on your social media account, it takes a, a, a multitude of effort and time and, you know, all these other things to go and, and do something like that. To say that it means nothing it would even be obtuse from someone of my age and someone of my generation to say, oh, it doesn't mean anything. He just, he just took a bunch of pictures down from his picture pages. No, 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 no. The importance of social media, the the marketing aspects of it all, this is not certainly it certainly wasn't an accident, I can tell you that much. And the fact that he has yet to make any kind of comment about it, I, I think some people may be reading more into it than others, but here's my opinion on it. When Kyler Murray was drafted, when he was when he was coming out of the NFL draft and he was working out and he was going to, you know, the, 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 the individual workouts and such, he was asked by every single general manager, every single general manager that sat down and interviewed Kyler Murray, asked him about his thoughts and his future of potentially playing baseball. Kyler Murray's response to those general managers was basically the same for each and every one of them. And it was the same response that he gave largely the same response that he gave to the media when they also then asked him this question. Kyler Murray said, in, in this is, I'm paraphrasing here, this is in a nutshell, I'm just trying to, I'm going off of memory and, and what I remember, you know, putting into the memory bank when he said this. Kyler Murray said that he, his lifelong dream was to play Major League Baseball, and he has worked his entire life and his career to get himself to a position where he could be considered a Major League Baseball player and that he still has a desire to play Major League Baseball at some point in his life. Could this be it? Could this be the moment that Kyler Murray says, you know what, the NFL was fun, I've now played in a Pro Bowl, I threw three touchdowns, four touchdowns if you count the Darius Leonard pick six, four touchdowns in a Pro Bowl game, I have ascended myself to MVP conversation levels. I'll be in the, you know, I was in the MVP conversation for 10 of the 17 weeks of this NFL season. I have reached my plateau. And against one of the best teams in the NFC, I hurt myself in that game. I wasn't able to finish and I wasn't able to be there for my teammates and I missed the next four weeks. And that, you know, that ankle injury is still bothering me to this day. If I went and played baseball, I can play until I'm 40 years old. They're in the middle of a a collective bargaining agreement that is largely going to see a vast improvement in the conditions for Major League Baseball players, and I do firmly believe that that's where the new CBA is going. I think the players are going to eventually win out. Uh, A new CBA that is going to be player-friendly for the next 15 years. I think Kyler Murray's looking at that and going, you know what, I don't need this. I don't need this NFL. There's too much scrutiny here. Uh, I could walk away now and still be happy not winning a world championship in the NFL, and uh, I'm going to go play baseball and, and make it my career. When he was at Oklahoma, okay, before he won the Heisman Trophy and all this other stuff, Kyler Murray's focus was to finish out his career playing quarterback at Oklahoma and then to move on to the Oakland A's 
in Major League Baseball because they drafted him early on in the in the MLB draft. He wasn't the number one overall pick. He wasn't that great of a baseball player, but he's damn good baseball player, and he was guaranteed a contract coming out of the uh, of that draft by the Oakland A's. And essentially, if you go to his Instagram page, it's basically a, you know his. It's a picture of him in an Oklahoma uniform. It's a gallery of him in his uh, in, in the Pro Bowl game. And then it's no mention of anything else other than a story about him being drafted by the Oakland Athletics. That's it. There's no mention of the Arizona Cardinals anywhere on that page. And I know there were some fans out there who's like, he erased his family from the IG page as well. Does he, does he not want to be with his family anymore? This is a very deliberate act by a player who is very aware of what they were doing. And in my opinion, now this is just my opinion. I have not spoken to anybody about this. I certainly have not spoken with Kyler Murray about this. This is my opinion. That he sees that light at the end of the tunnel dwindling. We knew from the get-go that the NFL was going to be a very steep learning curve for him. That his, his athleticism was going to get him only so far in the NFL that eventually you have to be a football player. I do not believe that Kyler Murray is a football player. I am the firm I have on the firm belief that Kyler Murray is a spectacular athlete with God-given gifts that I could never even fathom of understanding within my own the own fibers of my body. There's I I could not do anything of what Kyler Murray does. Whether it's on a football field or on a foot on a baseball field, I, I there's I not even close, not even close. He is a an extremely gifted, athletic individual. He is not cut out for the NFL. I said it when he came out in the draft. I said loudly that I wouldn't touch Kyler Murray with a ten foot pole. I would you couldn't pay me enough money to draft him if I were the owner of an NFL team or the general manager of an NFL team, because of what he said, both at Oklahoma and to the general managers during the interview process leading up to the NFL draft. I still have a burning desire to play Major League Baseball, which is my first love. So now you draft this player into the NFL. You give him all the tools to succeed. You give him dynamic wide receivers. You get him a progressive thinking, offensive-minded head coach. You give him a, you know, a, a head coach that, that likes to run a very player-friendly locker room, a very player-friendly program, and a general manager who likes to go out and party and, and keeps a very player-friendly vibe around the building, and an owner who allows it all to happen. Michael Bidwell allows it. He puts, he puts a lot of confidence and faith in the people that he's hired to be put in positions to manage the players and manage the coaches and the rest of the team. And aside from all of that, one injury, one tackle late in that game that rolled his ankle that turned into a much bigger, uh, you know, a much bigger injury than we thought. I mean, there's a possibility that that, that his you know that foot injury, ankle injury could require surgery that we don't even know about. You know, he could have had surgery and we we don't even know about it yet. All of that could have changed the course of his career, the 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 changing of his mind. And the example that has been laid before us is deafening. As quiet and silent as he is, it is the most deafening statement that a young player can make. I no longer want to associate 
my social media interactions with the team that currently employs me. It does not get any louder than that, folks. It is of my opinion that Kyler Murray is having a very, very strong emotional debate today. It has had one over the last several months about leaving the NFL and venturing to his dream in Major League Baseball, which is still wide open for him. Major League Baseball teams would welcome him with open arms. It would take him some time to get back into the swing of things, no pun intended. Uh, but for Kyler Murray and his level of athleticism, I think it would it would not take very much time at all. Not to mention, you get a guy with his his uh, his speed ability out there as a defensive replacement late in games, as a pinch runner, somebody who's a, you know a double switch kind of guy. He is money. He's a good defensive player as well. I mean, obviously got the speed to make up for any kind of mistakes you could possibly make instinctually. This may be the end of what we're seeing at Kyler Murray in the NFL at the NFL level. And that's okay. I you know, it's 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 certainly his decision. I I encourage young people to seek themselves out. Seek, you know, take take the time that it requires to understand what it is that you want to be for the rest of your life. There was a, a statistic, and it came out, I think it came out like four or five years ago. And basically it stated that in uh, prior to 1990, I think it was, the average age at which a person would enter the field that they would spend the rest of their career in was 26 years old. After 1990, that age has ballooned, and to this 21st century has ballooned to 33 years old. The average American is not finding and venturing into their career, their lifelong career, until the age of 33. Kyler Murray thrust himself into the NFL at the age of 21, all while being dangled that carrot of his lifelong dream of playing Major League Baseball. But you win a Heisman Trophy, you play in a college football playoff and a chance at a national championship, you're, you're all the talk of the NFL, and all of a sudden you start to say, I can do this. I can go to the NFL. I can I can win a Super Bowl. I can I can I can win a championship. And then you get to the NFL. And you're like, man, this is hard. These guys are tough. These windows are tight. They're fast. Uh, I get tackled and it hurts. And my offensive line isn't very good. And my best wide receiver option this year was hurt half of the season. And all these things start to mount on your mind. And meanwhile, you get to see Max Scherzer sign a. $34 million a year deal with the New York Mets when there's not even going to be a potential of a baseball season this year. <laughs> and you're like, damn, what am I doing to myself here? I was a first-round pick of the Oakland A's. I love baseball. I've been playing baseball my entire life. It's my dream to play in Major League Baseball. Just saying. Scrubs his Instagram. That's, that's their life mark. You know, the younger generation, that's what they use to establish themselves socially, interactively, is their social medias. Just saying. This could be it. And, no, I don't think I'm speaking hyperbolically. I don't think that I'm, that I'm having a knee-jerk reaction to his Instagram. I've felt for a long time, 
since the beginning of this whole process of him going to the combine and entering his name into the NFL draft, that there was always that possibility that he would just walk away and go play baseball. And, and now that thought is much more realistic today than it ever has been. Congratulations to Andrew Crane. Andrew Crane was the winner of the women's basketball tickets. Andrew, thank you for listening. I appreciate you, brother. And uh, enjoy the game with whomever you decide to take with you. And uh, I'm sure you get to see a rousing victory from the Wildcat basketball team over their rival on Sunday at noon. We'll have more tickets to give away throughout the week right here on the Jeff Dean Show as well. More NFL to discuss. There's some head coaching hires that were real head scratchers yesterday. We'll talk about that next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show. Time to some NFL here as we do every single day here on the show. Super Bowl 56 is setting up to be the most heavily bet game ever with an estimate. And this is based on uh, survey results from the American Gaming Association. It'll be the most heavily bet game ever with an estimated $7.61 billion potentially being bet on Super Bowl 56. And, you know, look, it's a game that everybody wants to throw some money on. And now that so many different markets are available, you know, so many different states have approved the, you know, the gambling and everything and the the sports booking, uh, specifically, you know, here in Arizona, obviously here, you've heard me talk about FanDuel Sportsbook. I mean, that's, you know, they're sponsor, uh, you know, and I endorse that product. I use that product every single day. Last night, I was so close to a six-leg parlay in that Suns game, and DeMar DeRozan screwed me. <laughs> screwed me out of a big payout. I wanted, he needed six assists. He needed two more. How do you score 124 points and only get four assists when you're averaging seven on the season? Come on, man. I digress. But look, the the estimated amount of billions of dollars being spent in gambling on on the on the Super Bowl can be divided up in a lot of different ways. And you know, I've talked about it in certain in certain spots that I have, certain of the, of the endorsement spots that I have, all of the different prop bets that are available out there. Let me just I'm just going to open up FanDuel here real quick. And and I'm going to go to the Super Bowl and they have like all you know, all the like the props and stuff like that for the Super Bowl. You just go to it here. Now you go to Mower Super Bowl 56, and then there's game props, and then there's quarterback props, receiving props, rushing props, defensive props, special teams props. There's different player props you know, that are available, just, just basic player props. And in each one of those, there are, let's see, I'm on game props. I'm going to guess there are somewhere between 60 and 70 different drop-down menus and within each of those menus are even more bets. Like, it is absolutely insane how many different markets and props and different things that you can wager on out there. It is, it's mind-blowing. It's mind-boggling even to think about. There's literally something for everybody to bet on the Super Bowl this year if you're so inclined, if you want to get involved and throw five bucks on the game. And, you know, obviously we have those 56 to 1 odds I've been talking about. You can throw five bucks on the game. And... It's like five bucks. Okay. Now, granted, that may turn into something if you win big. If you win $280 in cash on a $5 bet, you may think, hey, this gambling stuff is easy. 
And then, you know, sit in a room with me for 20 minutes. You're like, you're sitting there looking at the at your app and just like, why did I take that? Why did I do that? I should have known that was going to be the under, all this other stuff. And you watch bad beats on SportsCenter late at night with Scott Ben Pelt. Last night, was, there was a brutal one last night. That was <laughs> guy had a half-court shot at the end of the game, meaningless half-court shot at the end of the game, banked it in, <laughs> and ended up covering the spread. Like, oh, brutal, brutal. Uh, anyway. $7.61 billion in sports gambling on just Super Bowl 56 alone would be the biggest bet on game ever, which is wow. The New Orleans Saints, now I've I've spoken about it ever since the Brian Flores uh, lawsuit came out last week. I still felt that that was the right landing spot for Brian Flores. I felt like he was the most qualified. And again, I'm not the one making the decision and no one cares my opinion on that. No one outside of even this little room that I'm in even cares about my opinion on whether or not I think Brian Flores was the right pick for that job. I do think he was the right the right candidate for the New Orleans Saints job. He's proven that he can win. He's proven that he can win without a top flight quarterback. He's a defensive guy. Obviously, New Orleans, one of the best defenses in the entire league. And it would have been a great story to bring him in in the middle of this lawsuit. It wasn't against the Saints. I mean, he's got the NFL embroiled on a little bit of a lawsuit, but it's mainly against the three teams that he feels have been racially profiling or or racially escaping themselves from having to adhere to the Rooney rules. But they decided to go with defensive coordinator Dennis Allen. And I'm not going to argue with that. I mean, Dennis Allen has done a phenomenal job for the New Orleans Saints over the last couple of seasons that he's been there. Um, he was head coach of the Raiders, obviously, back in the day uh, from 2012 to 2014. That did not go well for him. He went 8-28 in his stint with the Raiders. However, I will say this. You know, those were the – that was kind of the end of the Al Davis era, you know, coming you know coming out of the end of the Al Davis era when that team, that organization was a complete mess. So somewhat excusable. Uh, that team was – that team was going to lose – regardless of who was the head coach of that of that football team. Now, the former head coaches that were in the uh, you know in the in the running for that job, Brian Flores, Doug Peterson were both in the running for that job. Detroit Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn was in the running for that job. Eric Bieniemy was also in the running for that job, offensive coordinator of course for Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. But they decided to go with Dennis Allen. Again, I'm not saying it's wrong, they they went in house and I totally get it and they've you know they had to kind of scramble and I don't know how much lead time Sean Payton gave them before he announced that he was going to be retiring from his position uh, but regardless I think they got it, I got it, they got the, the hiring done you know all things considered pretty quickly but they went in house and while I always approve of teams I shouldn't say always approve I encourage teams businesses you know whomever. Hire within, elevate from within. Like that's that's how you boost morale. That's how you boost, you know, all these other you know good feelings amongst the people in your company. You know, the, the little people in the company are all feeling good right now because one of their guys got elevated to a higher status, got a big promotion. Everybody feels great about that, uh, as opposed to bringing in the outside guy who's going to bring changes and all this other stuff. We, we've all we've all been there before. That being said, I don't think it's I don't think it's the best hire for the job. Uh, and I, I think that any number of those people that weren't given the job would have been better suited for this particular position. So, with the Houston Texans now going and hiring Lovey Smith, 
elevating Lovey Smith from his position within the Houston Texans to head coach yesterday. That means there's no job for Brian Flores this year. That's it. The the last, you know, well, the the Vikings are still out there. That's not going to happen, though. Uh, so the 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 thought of Brian Flores getting a job here, and I, I talked to somebody yesterday who thinks that he's going to be blackballed from the NFL. I don't think it's going to happen. I really don't. I think Brian Flores is a good quality coach, um, depending on how well he genuinely gets along with people, because that's been the knock on him, is that he, he's just hard to get along with. He's difficult. Uh, and that may be a problem more than anything, more than the lawsuit, more than, than anything else, is if it is true that he is difficult to get along with. So the Houston Texans, you know, they, they hire Lovey Smith. I think a lot of people are like, wait, what? The Houston Texans, are, are it's, it's a bad organization. They had the worst roster in possibly sports last season. Last season, uh, during you know their their time in the uh, 2021 NFL season, and I thought that David Culley did as well a job as anyone could have possibly done, given that roster and the, and the situation that he that he was in. Um, to hand that job over to Josh McCown, which is I think what they honestly wanted to do in Houston, would have been a complete disaster. So this is what's going to happen: they elevate Lovey Smith to the head coaching job. Josh McCown will be his associate head coach. He'll learn how to be a head coach in this league. And when, and I do mean when, the Houston Texans win an average of like three games a year for the next three seasons, they can fire Lovey Smith or he can resign or whatever, hand over the job to Josh McCown, which is essentially whom they wanted to, re- to hire for this position anyways, but would have been laughed out of the league if they had hired you know, a quarterback with no coaching experience to take over that, that team. So that's what I think. That's where I think we went with this. They didn't hire Brian Flores, not because he wasn't the most qualified person for the job. They hired him because they knew that the guy that they really wanted is their coach in waiting, and they'll just put Lovey Smith to the axe in three years when he doesn't win, and he won't. <laughs> uh, not with that roster, not with that organization, and not with his track record, to be honest with you. Even though he was the last Chicago Bears head coach to get them you know, a, a win in the postseason. So uh, the, 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 you know, the jobs in the NFL essentially locking up, and it looks like Brian Flores is going to be on the outside looking in for at least one offseason. We'll see what happens in the offseason during the regular season and then, of course, next year because um, I have a feeling that Dallas Cowboys job is going to be available for anyone who wants it after Mike McCarthy gets fired. He's under the most pressure for any coach in the league next season. He has to get that team to an NFC championship game or else. It may, it may, he may not even get there in time, to be honest with you. He may be fired before that. If they continue to play the way that they do, uh, I, think, I think McCarthy's done for. Dead man walking. All right, we're going to take a timeout. More after this. You're listening here on ESPN Tucson. It's the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show. I'm Jeff Dean here with you. It's Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Starting tomorrow, we'll uh, we'll start breaking down Super Bowl 56. It was media day or media night last night. It was held virtually again. Cincinnati Bengals don't even arrive in Los Angeles until today. Uh, so it was a it was kind of a party there in Cincinnati last night, uh, party atmosphere as they were 
engaging in uh, in media night festivities or whatever. The L.A. Rams did show up at uh, at the stadium for their portion of the media night, but uh, nonetheless, still a very different feel from what we've seen before. You know, usually, you know, you go out into the field and there are all these stages and tents set up where players will sit and the hordes of media will stand below them chanting out, you know, questions at them and asking all kinds of weird stuff. Uh, you know, female reporters dressed in wedding dresses and stuff, like just all kinds of weird stuff because you get all of these different news outlets from across the world, you know, from North America and Europe and Asia and all other you know, parts of the world that don't <laughs> really have American football, at least not on the level that we're used to here in the United States. And they send some reporter out there to make some goofy comment or uh, do some kind of thing that'll that'll you know make their outlet newsworthy and it's fun you know I mean I've been there I've been to seven Super Bowls um, and it's you know it's always it's always interesting um, and I'll tell you this like you know the 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 amount of people that I've met and made contact with over the years you know just just doing sports radio and and covering sports and being at the games whether it was at Coyotes games or Suns games or Cardinals games or Diamondbacks games or whatever, it pales in comparison to the contacts that you make in three days in the Super Bowl media center. Like, it is beyond. <laughs> like, example. Okay, here's an example. Marissa Miller, she was on top of the world, uh, you know, 12 years ago huge swimsuit model she's on the cover of sports illustrated she was i mean she was dominating the planet you know hottest woman in the world all this other stuff you know she was in movies she was in the ripd and uh terrible movie but i watched it because marissa um anyway so i interviewed marissa miller it was like it was like hey do you want to interview marissa Miller? i was like yes i do <laughs> i have some fun things we'll talk about with her and she just had this video released where she was working on some boxing. Well, come to find out, she's a huge boxing fan. So we're sitting there, and, you know, we're supposed to be talking Super Bowl. But, you know, for me, when I interview people, I want to know about the person. I don't – a lot of times, if it's, if it's not connected for a specific reason, I'll just ask them about them. So end up sitting there with Marissa Miller. We do two segments with her, all right? The her her handler is like, come on, we gotta go, and she's like, no, I want to stay here, I and mean, we're having fun. Just it's it's fine, okay. So, so I end up doing the two segments with Marissa Miller. We have a blast. She goes across the way to go and talk with the NFL Network. They were right across from where we were. It was a prime location. We were set up so awesome there. So, at that time, her husband comes over and starts chatting me up, gives me his business card, and is like, hey. If you're, you know, if you're in Los Angeles or whatever, hit us up. We'll go. We'll go to a boxing match. We'll go. We'll go see some boxing. We'll hang out and stuff like that. Well, so like a few years later, I'm in Los Angeles, and I send him a text, and I'm like, "Hey, uh, you may not remember me. My name is Jeff Dean. We met at the Super Bowl a few years ago. We talked with Marissa about boxing, all this other stuff. There's, you know, there's going to be a fight on Saturday night. I'm in town. Do you want to go?" And he says, he, he texts me back, he's like, absolutely, here's the address where we're going to be at, come over the night before, and we'll just hang, like, I'm not kidding. Like, <laughs> it all happened so fast, like, what is happening right now? But that was just like the chance meeting that it would be, uh, you know, as far as, I, I would have never met her in any other way other than a Super Bowl. 
and I got to meet Adam Sandler and hang out with Adam Sandler and stuff like that because of a Super Bowl and so many other people and the crowning moment of my life. I got to hang out with Jerry Rice, like take pictures with Jerry. I don't take pictures with anybody. Like I just, I grew up kind of not like a starstruck individual. I just, I've always been that way. So I'm never, I never act differently around like celebrities or big time athletes or something like that. Every once in a while, I, I will geek out a little bit. I'm like, oh my God, there's so-and-so. When I met Jerry Rice, I was like, I was freaking out. Like I, I had never met Jerry all my years of growing up idolizing Jerry Rice. I never got a chance to meet him. He's at the Super Bowl. Okay, perfect time for me to go and introduce myself to Jerry Rice. We come in, sits down, we talk with him and stuff, and then he hangs out afterwards. He's taking pictures, and he's talking with me and stuff, and I was just like, oh, my God. And people who see this picture of me with Jerry, they're like, you can just tell. You're like, you're not even there. Like, it's, you're, you're like on a different world uh, emotionally at that moment. I was like, yeah, you're right. I, was, I couldn't believe what was happening. Only time in my life I ever really, truly geeked out over something. But it's amazing. And the reason I'm saying all this is because the the amount of attention that a Super Bowl gets, it is remarkable. I've been to NBA Finals. I've been to uh, NHL Stanley Cup Conference Finals. I've been to NASCAR, Daytona. I've been to Daytona twice for NASCAR, which is a great event. I've been to World Series the Super Bowl is there's more attraction for as far as like media, celebrities, all this other stuff at one Super Bowl than at ten of those other those other events combined. It is unbelievable the amount of access, the amount of people that you have access to at a Super Bowl, just from a media standpoint. And I'm just some local schmo. Like I'm not even on that. Like Jim Rome was like. Two, like, two booths down from us. And his booth was, it was, the, the parade of people going through that booth was unbelievable. And I'm just like some local guy. They're like, hi, I'm, you know, I'm Phoenix Radio. Oh, yeah, we'll come sit down with you. You guys are the, the host city or whatever. So, well, you know, we'll come talk with you guys. It was, it, it's, it's an experience that, you know, and I, again, I've been seven times, and it's one of those things where you're just like, damn. <laughs> the amount of access you get to people is Remarkable. The amount of people that are there, period, is remarkable. It is. Uh, it's astonishing. Just how. Just just how much of a lightning rod, the Super Bowl is. You know, I talked about the the sports gambling. Seven point six one billion dollars are expected to be bet on the game in one form or fashion of another. Like that's, <laughs> that's an insane number. Insane. So, we'll talk. We'll start talking Super Bowl tomorrow. Uh, you know, once the Bengals get in town and stuff like that, I'll, I'll start offering some of my thoughts on how I think the game is going to go, some of the matchups that we can look for, and uh, and all these other things out there, and uh, should have some fun with it. We'll we'll have we'll have a good time. Uh, I'm you know I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it because it's another Super Bowl where I don't have to like worry about my team or oh, what's going to happen. I'll worry and stuff, and my stomach in knots and all this other stuff. So I'll just be able to sit back and enjoy a game for. You know, for once in, you know, every few years it happens. The NFL season, as I mentioned, all comes down to this, Super Bowl 56. And to celebrate, FanDuel Sportsbook is hooking up all customers with that risk-free same-game parlay bet. New and existing customers can place any same-game parlay of three legs or more on the Super Bowl. And if you don't win, FanDuel is going to refund you your money. 
SGPs, as we call them, allow you to build your parlay your way with spreads, money lines, totals, player props, Super Bowl props, and a whole lot more. Bengals and Rams, plenty of interesting individual matchups to watch for in this game. I like the Joe Burrow over passing yards, Cooper Cup over receiving yards. I think there's going to be quite a bit of offense in this game. An OBJ anytime touchdown. Don't forget to pick your money line winner, and boom, you're in the driver's seat there, and you are uh, you are looking forward to one of those big payouts if it all comes to fruition, of course. And if it doesn't, they'll give you your money back, which is awesome. It's one of the many reasons why FanDuel is America's number one sports book. The app is incre- incredibly user-friendly, which offering best-in-class customer service ratings, lightning-fast payouts in as few as two hours, and they are an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Like I said, if you already have an account, just place your risk-free SGP before the Super Bowl to qualify, and new customers can double down on the promotions because when you join with my promo code, Dean, D-E-A-N, you will also get to enjoy the 56-to-1 odds on the money line in that Super Bowl, either team to win. Throw $5 down on either team, whichever team you think is going to win. If they win, you get $280 cash, not site credit, cash. In your account, cash money. But you got to use my promo code DEAN exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 21 and over in President Arizona. Refund issued is non-withdrawable site credit. Expires in seven days. Right, Max refund is $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms of sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. When I return, I'll put a big bright red shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. That's next right here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Man, we're getting close to the NFL draft. I know when I say it's early February, but we're getting close. The Senior Bowl, week one, has wrapped up. And uh, Todd McShay has released his latest uh, big board, I guess, his, his you know draft rankings or whatever. And certain players are starting to fall into positions where I kind of expected them to be, one of them being Kayvon Thibodeau. Now, Kayvon Thibodeau, of course, defensive pass rusher, the edge rusher from Oregon, was considered the number one pick last year, considered the number one pick coming into this year. And I watch Thibodeau play, and I see him. I see a lot of Chandler Jones in Kayvon Thibodeau, and that is not a great compliment to be given to someone. I see someone who chooses when they want to dominate the position that they're in, and they can at any point in time. And I watch Kayvon Thibodeau take a lot of plays off. And I watch Kayvon Thibodeau, when it's a run play, just kind of just kind of get in the way of things. Not exactly impressed, honestly. I really wasn't. I was impressed the first time I saw Kayvon Thibodeau in his freshman season at Oregon. Since then, I've watched him much more closely. And I feel like last year... He kind of cashed it in. As soon as Oregon got a couple of losses under their belt, it was like, yeah, I don't care anymore. And he has slid from the number one and or number two pick in the draft. And now McShay, after kind of shuffling some things around, has Thibodeau seventh. I wouldn't be surprised if Thibodeau falls closer to tenth by the time the NFL draft rolls around because there are guys that are moving up and moving up quickly. One of those guys being another Pac-12 performer, Devin Lloyd, inside linebacker, and another guy who I was really impressed with on just a bad football team, to be honest with you, Trent McDuffie, corner from Washington. He 
jumps off of the screen to me when I watch him play. And uh, Todd McShay had him from being an unranked player, essentially in his draft board, to number 12 in this week because of everything that he did at the uh, at the uh, workouts and things like that that have been done. <clears throat> so it would be interesting to watch some of the Pac-12 performers and see how they where they land in the NFL draft. That's going to wrap things up for today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Thanks to Mary back in the studio for keeping us on the air here and keeping me out of trouble for the most part. Don't forget to tune in to Spears and Ali today from 3 to 6, and I will see you guys again tomorrow morning right here at 7 o'clock for 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to the Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson. From the Casino Del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. KFFN Tucson, KWCX Tanka Verde, KMXC HD4 Tucson.